Welcome to the Preserving Family Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to equip you to gain insight, information, and inspiration to help you protect, teach, and guide your family during these turbulent times. Our goal is to provide tools and resources to help you strengthen and preserve your own marriages and families. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Mark and Janie Ogletree. Welcome today. We are really excited about the topic that we're going to be talking about. We have an awesome guest with us, Carrie Smith. She's Carrie's a registered nurse, has a BSN. She has a distinct privilege to be the mission nurse and has been for two different missions, one on the East Coast, now one in the Midwest. She's the mission health advisor for these missions. Um, she's been the wife of a bishop, state president. She's taught seminary, institute, gospel doctrine for years. Her own kids have served missions. She is very well qualified <laughs> to talk about what we're going to talk about today, and that is the health and how we can better prepare our young people to serve missions mentally, physically, emotionally, all those things. And she's got some really great insights today that she's going to share with us. So Carrie, tell us a little about yourself. <laughs> so just like you said, um, I have been serving as a mission health advisor or sometimes referred to as the mission health nurse for a few years in two different missions. And what I share today, just know that this is these are my experiences. I'm not speaking for the church in any capacity, but I have seen a lot of things that I feel like we can do better as parents, we can do better as leaders and helping prepare missionaries. Um, I want you to show I love this age group. It's my favorite age group in the church to work with. I adore them. And it's been a unique privilege and responsibility to serve with them and serve under some incredible mission presidents and also mental health advisors, as well as area medical advisors I, and the family service family service counselors as well. These are great teams that I get to work with, and and we're all able to come together as a team to help these missionaries progress. So um, and starting with that. That's great, Carrie. Awesome. Well, here's where I want to start today, because, you know, resilience, coping, these are some great topics that we've tried to address on this podcast time and time again, and we're going to keep coming back to it because it's a huge issue with this age group, as you know. A few years ago, the Deseret News published a study about missionaries who were coming home early. And uh, sample size about 350, but 34% of the missionaries in this study came home for physical problems. 36% came home for mental health issues, but overall 38%, which that's a lot, said that stress was the number one factor in them coming home early. So just as that is our backdrop, Carrie, we want to know if that's something that you're seeing, if those patterns are what you've seen in these two different uh, missions that you've served in. And give us an idea of that and just maybe the caseload that you work with. Or in other words, what does it look like day to day for a mission nurse in terms of the challenges that some of our missionaries are facing? So typically, so I'm on call 24-7. So I have wow. my phone with me all day, every day. They can call me at any time a day, day or night. We have, Of course, I see everything from just simple sinus infections. We have missionaries that are in car accidents. I've had missionaries that we thought were having a stroke. We've had just everything from hangnails up, up the channel. Um, okay, I have to, I, we have to have fun on this podcast. <laughs> so you have to tell us the one that you had to laugh because you're like, really, they called me about that? They had a, they had a splinter. Was that really a, a thing? Do you yeah, ever get actually, those kind of things? Actually, one then? of my favorite stories of all time, I, it was during COVID. And back then, um, the church was, of course, and they still are following the COVID, the CDC guidelines for COVID. 
And we had to quarantine missionaries if they had di- been diagnosed with COVID or had s- specific symptoms. So I called and I let the missionary know that he had tested positive and that we had to now quarantine him because that was the missionary medical department guideline. And he said, really, Sister Smith? And I said, I know, I, I hate to do this to you because you're, they're quarantined. They were quarantined for 10 to, 15, to 14 days at the time. He's like, Sister Smith, we've all been drinking out of the same cup for the past 10 days. He's like, that means, he said, why am I quarantining now? They should all get COVID. And I said, I said, why have you all been drinking out of the same cup? Well, because we didn't want to wash the cups. <laughs> Okay. And to this day, it's, that's my, of course, those are our young, darling missionaries. And that's why you love working with the sage group, because they're so fun. I literally have to, like, I laugh my head off all the time, just how they think, and they're so darling. They're so fun, they are. That's, I think that's my very favorite story. <laughs> so, um, yes, like I said, I, I see everything. And there's a specific area that I have... I started seeing just anecdotally the first year I had missionaries calling me and they would call me two or three times a week. And it may be a hangnail. It may be, Oh, my stomach is hurting. Oh, um, I'm having chest pain. I've had missionaries call me and they said, I've Googled it and I I'm having a heart attack. I know I'm having a heart attack. Wow. And you start seeing these symptoms and together we know with all of those symptoms, this is more anxiety and depression. And so I'm, and that's probably the biggest thing that we are seeing. I have missionaries calling me that they're throwing up three times a day. There's no virus. They, have, they don't have a virus. We send them to urgent care, um, and it's all anxiety-based. So mm. that's probably the number the number one thing that we deal with is the, is the mental health. So and maybe in more anxiety than depression. And more anxiety. Say? Well, mm. actually, actually, we deal with both of those, anxiety yeah. and depression. So... And that, that's really hard. A lot of missionaries we're finding, um, they've either come out on the mission and have been, they say, I didn't even know, once, once they've been diagnosed with anxiety or depression, they say, I didn't even know that's what it was. I've been feeling this since I was 12. Oh. And so we get them into counseling. We do all we can to help them to stay in the mission, whether it's counseling and medication and so forth. Um, but that is the number one, one of the number one issues that we are dealing with is the mental health. And I feel like it would be really, really helpful if we could teach parents to look for the signs and symptoms of depression and anxiety rather than coming out in the mission with that. Now, we also have missionaries that have been dealing with mental health previous to the mission, and they decide not to put that in their paperwork, mm. or they decide to go off their medications because they think it's going to get them into some exotic yeah. mission. But and parents think if they send their kids out to missions, that's going to automatically heal them. I can tell you, I have never seen a missionary get better in the mission field. Their their mental health get better. Their the stress is very high. The responsibilities are very big, and so when they come out, it all flares up from there. If they are if that is not under control, maybe Carrie, let's identify some of those symptoms that parents can look for. You know, like. Uh... Like what? What would you say? So um, if you see your youth, your, your son child, or daughter, son or daughter, yeah. um, maybe hiding in their room a lot, trying to just be away from isolating. people. They're isolating. Maybe if they're playing video games, a lot of these missionaries, that's how they coped is just being on video games all day long or they being on the mask phone. it that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I had missionaries tell me that before the mission, they would go spend, they would go to the gym three times a day because that's how they coped with the anxiety. Or they would go for long runs or two 20 mile bike rides a day. <sighs> Once they get in the mission, you can't do that. You can't do those things. They don't have that outlet. Especially even the MTC. So, Mm -hmm. you know, in my practice, I would say, you know, headaches, sometimes dizziness, stomach problems, Mm -hmm. intestinal 
uh, issues. Just unexplained things like random symptoms. <clears throat> yeah, like random that. random physical symptoms with their body. But once again, a lot of nervousness, fear, excessive worry, the kind of worry that most of us on a normal level would have a little bit of that, but you kind of move on, but they can't, they can't get through that, right? So I, I do get a lot of GI or gastrointestinal mm-hmm. calls. And for that age, they typically should not be having, their bodies are still really, should be really healthy. Right. The same thing with the chest pain when they call it. And they, they are convinced that they are having a heart attack. They are 20, 19, 28. <laughs> they should have really strong tickers, really. Right. So when they say that, and, you know, sometimes we do send them to urgent care because it really helps relieve the mental side for them, for a doctor to tell them you are fine. Right. And so then from that point, we've sent them to GI specialists and the GI specialists will do all of these. We spend so much money doing workups and it comes down to you have anxiety. Anxiety Mm. does can cause extra gastric, you know, acid in your stomach. So we put them on, you know, Meprazole, something like that. And usually everything calms down. But these are, these are, we have to remember, these are really healthy kids coming out. So for them to think they're having heart attacks, I mean, those are really, really yeah, these good These are guys signs. that were just running all-state track, yeah, you know, yeah. four months earlier. But they no longer have their outlets, outlets anymore for anxiety, depression. So hopefully parents can start having that education to be able to, to figure this out in their children. Once they can notice these signs and symptoms in their children, because most of them will also, if you ask them, Do you, are you feeling anxiety? Are you feeling depression? Probably 99% of the missionaries I ask, they will always tell me no initially. And they really don't understand what they're feeling. So when they come in the mission, they say, when they've been diagnosed and they say, I didn't know this is what it was. Really, Mm. this is what it was. Oh my gosh, I've been feeling this since I was 12. So hopefully once parents can figure that out, please, and I beg you, get the help for them and get them Mm. stable. And it's the same thing for physical. I have missionaries coming out. Oh, I haven't really slept in three years. I sleep two hours a night. And these parents are then sending missionaries out into the field, not taking care of some of these physical and mental health symptoms. And what happens is they get out in the field and then it becomes a huge issue when stress and anxiety you know, because mission, missions are hard. They're not going to be cured. And nothing ever gets better while they're out in the field. So please, Like please, a mission please, is not going to make it better. A right? mission I think will think never that... make mental health better and it will never make any physical problems better. It just right. will not happen. So please get your children the help that they need before coming out. And on a side note, sometimes we see missionaries that are not disclosing mental health issues or physical health issues because they think it's going to get them to some, like we talked about some exotic mission, Mm. just because they have a mental health issue does not mean that they're not going to go to some foreign mission. If their mental health is under control, they are still eligible from what we have. I have seen, I'm not in the missionary department, (laughs) but I, what I've seen is missionaries are still going over overseas to different missions. You can still go to the South you, Pacific, you right? You can still if go you... to the South, South Pacific as long as your mental health is stable and you're you're doing really, really well. Yeah. Um, and please, 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 parents, <laughs> I mm. beg, please disclose the both physical health and medical or mental health conditions. We had one of, oh, here's another experience I had. Mm. We had a sister. She called me one day and she said, Sister, sister Smith, I have um, no feeling in my left arm. I said, well, what have you been doing? She's like, oh, we were, we were doing some service. And I'm like, oh, you might've just pinched a nerve or something. Take some ibuprofen, ice it. So the next day she wakes up and she has no feeling down her whole left side, which wow. makes you think, oh my gosh, maybe she's having a stroke. So we immediately sent her to the emergency room and they, of course, immediately called a stroke team out. And she was like, oh my 19 gosh, year old. on a 19 year old girl. 
And so she goes into the emergency room. They run every test possible and everything is coming out normal. And they can't figure out why. And she's like dragging her foot. She doesn't have like a droopy face or anything. So they finally admit her into the hospital. Well, you know, as we're looking into her, her, her pre-mission paperwork, we notice she has um, has been having migraines her whole like teenage life and now into her adulthood. And there's a condition called a complicated migraine. It's an actual diagnosis that mimics strokes. Oh, wow. And so we were able, because we had that in the paper, we could, we could put all the pieces together. And, mm. you know, the ER doctors, the doctors in the hospital, we were able to provide this information. And she had a correct diagnosis. She had a correct. And it was something that her body would heal from. She needed some physical therapy, but she would be fine. But had she not disclosed this and we couldn't, you know, we were there to help provide information for her. And it's, we, I see that over and over when we have the correct information, then we can get these, these missionaries, the correct help. So it's really, really important to disclose mental health and physical health. So we can always have the best help for these missionaries. So Carrie, from your experience of being a a nurse, you know, on these uh, two, two different missions, what do you see these mission presidents doing? You know, because I know that in my calling, I end up talking to a lot of them on the phone about the missionaries from our stake. But what do you see them spending a lot of their time doing? And I, I, I hate to speak for a mission president, but what I am personally seeing is they are spending about 95% of their time on 5% of these missionaries. They yeah. are, these mission presidents are in the trenches. You yeah. know, we, we look at them sometimes, oh, it's, you know, glory. They're just speaking at state conferences. And, and there is, of course, wonderful things, but they are in the trenches dealing. I mean, they're babysitting. They're dealing with calls all day and night from, from missionaries having, you know, emotional issues and worthiness issues and, I mean, companion, companion issues. issues because they can't get along. And it's, I mean, I, I look at them and I, it's kind of sad to see how, how many problems that they're dealing with, with the missionaries, rather than spending the significant amount of their time working with like, missionary like work training and training leaders and, and yeah, right. And they, and they do do that, but so much of their time, I, I mean, I've seen mission presidents constantly leaving meetings to go out and get, get calls from missionaries that were fighting or missionaries that are having breakdowns or, you know, it's, they're just, it's never ending for these missionaries or these mission presidents. Right. Wow. And not to be a Debbie Downer because they're doing great things as well, but it's, it's sad that they have to spend such a significant amount of time on these issues because they were not taken care of previous to the mission. It's almost like you need two mission presidents for every mission, (laughs) one to focus on the missionary work and one to deal with all the challenges, right? Well, Carrie, it's these poor mission presidents because a lot of them aren't medical doctors mm-hmm. or mental health professionals or I mean they're they could be attorneys or they I mean they mm-hmm. have no background in mental health or mm-hmm. physical health so how do they deal with this what kind of team is in place how do they what help do they have and resources besides you as the mission nurse mm-hmm. what resources do they have to help and bless the lives of these young kids I, I know that they have you know uh, mission president seminars a couple times a year they go to and they're and I know it's they have begged for that kind of help and they're getting it more and more. But in the mission on a day-to-day basis, so they have, we have an area medical advisor and he's over, he's a retired physician, usually, you know, ICU doctor or something like that. We have mental health advisors. Um, We also have, so the church only uses the church family services counselors who are designated for missionaries. Um, And then we have myself as a mission health advisor. So we actually all work as a team. So when we have something that comes up, that flares up, we can all work together to help 
these missionaries get the help. We meet, some missions meet every six weeks. We meet, the one I'm presently serving, we meet every single month together. And we go over the different, whether it's physical health or, or mental health, how what we can do to help them progress, to help them get better and better. So if I have a missionary that calls and says, I'm really, really struggling with mental health, or they call the mission president's wife or something, we the church has a great safety net and system set up. So there's a, they call it a missionary outcome questionnaire that each missionary is sent and they fill it out. There's a lot of questions asked because we want to see what their baseline is. And if it's over a certain number, it immediately triggers us that there are some major mental health things going on. If it gets, and I always tell the missionaries, do not lie because we can see when you lie. <laughs> if it gets below a certain number, that's living in a unicorn fantasy world. And we know that's because they're they're trying to show us that we're, they're all good, even if it's not. So we can see both sides. When we see that, the church has, we get approval for counseling. There's counselors already set up in the field and there's, you know, designated ones only for missionaries. If it gets to the point where they need medication on top of that, medication is never started unless um, the missionary agrees, the mission president and his wife agree, the state president and the parents are also notified as well. So we don't just randomly start missionaries on medication. This is the church's med- missionary medical department process and getting missionaries started. The missionaries, once they're in the field, then have to agree to stay on it for the duration of the mission because we don't want them going going on and coming off of medication because then it, it, that can really spike really a lot of mental health problems. Um, so if they're on a medicine coming into the mission field, they, they stay on it. They have that. to stay on, on it for the duration. If they start mm. in the field, they have to stay on it for the duration. Mm. And so with that missionary staying on the medication, and one of the things is that there's literature, scientific literature research that shows if a missionary or anybody stays on this mental health medication for a year plus, the outcomes are better. And I think, Mark, you had talked about that. Right. You've seen that in your own practice. You bet. Yeah. So it's really, we have a great safety net. The last thing I've ever, I've never worked with a mission president that's trying to send people home. We do everything we can to keep them out. And sometimes it just isn't possible because they're not healing. They're not getting better. And it's better to go home and get the full services that they need. And sometimes it's not fair to that companion that's kind of straddled with Mm -hmm. all these issues, right? I I remember having, as a missionary, Mm -hmm. having to go to physical therapy three times a week with a missionary with a with a knee problem, that's not really, really what I want it to do on my right. mission, right? And so we see missionaries that are being treated, but they will usually, the, the companion that they're with will end up having depression and anxiety because they don't know how to deal with it. So that area is, so then we have to transfer them out, get this new, this other companion help. And it just kind of, they just kind of leave awake. And I don't say that unkindly, it's just how it is. And so it's really, right. really difficult if they come in the mission and they're not stable and treated this is the pattern that we see over and over and over again and that's why i'm begging parents please get your child help before coming into the mission get them healthy right get them healthy well carrie so what if you came across a missionary that did need to go home what is the process of that i hear like so many people bashing mission presidents oh they just sent my son home for this or that and mm-hmm. i know that's not true mm-hmm. i know that there's a big huge line of authority that it, no mission president could just send someone home overnight unless, you know, maybe a suicidality or something Mm -hmm. like that. Maybe you could talk to us about that. Okay. So definitely if that MOQ, that missionary outcome questionnaire, if that comes back and there is, you know, maybe they have had suicidal thoughts, we don't automatically send them home for that. We, we find out if they have a plan, things like that. But if they're, if it is serious where they are suicidal, that they will be on the first plane home because they need to have a lot more help than what we can give them. 
same if, if there's there's certain surgeries they can have in field, but there's a lot of surgeries we cannot do in field just because the recovery time. We can't spend time with the missionaries in apartments for two months as they're recovering, things like that. But if it gets to the point, and that's that's where our our, our medical health council meetings come in. Um, if we we've done all we can do with them and they're not progressing, you know, we may advise. I'm just an advisor. I don't use my you know, my registered, I don't say this is what you have to do, president. I advise him. We have an area medical advisor that he also, with his vast years of experience, he will advise the mission president. It is up to, the mission president has the keys. So if the mission president with the advice from all of us and his own keys decides that this is the right thing, he doesn't, it's, he can't just send somebody home. He then speaks, he has a, um, somebody he meets with an, they call it an infield representative, IFR, who is actually an ex-mission president, and then they also consult with general authorities. So there's a whole chain of command before anyone gets sent home. It's no mission president can go rogue because he <laughs> has to meet with multiple people. So I do, I've, I've heard so many times, you know, even seeing things on Facebook, and, oh, my son just got sent home for this. It, it, it is never that way. So maybe the, that's what the, the missionary is telling the parent, maybe, you know, whatever. In between, Mark, and I know you as a state president, you get you talk to these mission presidents, the stake presidents being involved in this, you know, in this decision making as well. They're really good about that too. Yeah. we spend a lot of time just consulting and conferring on really what's best, what's best for the missionary. Mm-hmm. It is so true. So if anyone ever hears, oh, they just this mission president went rogue. That is not how the church mm-hmm. works. It's not how the chain of command works. It's usually after we have, and we document everything. So if anyone's ever upset about something, we have the documentation. We don't just send somebody home just because they maybe emailed a girlfriend <laughs> or something, which I've seen those kind of stories out there. So there's usually, you know, we've had, we've tried multiple things, everything that we have at our disposal to work under the church's missionary medical department. And then if there's nothing more than we can do, and it's best for the missionary to go home and get the help that they need, whether it's physical or mental health. So... Well, Carrie, so what are some of the things then we can do better to prepare our young people for the mission field as parents, you know, you know, and this is broad. It's it's their mental health, their physical health, emotionally, spiritually, financially. I mean, you you can go anywhere you want with this, but yeah, what are those things you're seeing that the kids are really struggling with in the mission field? So I started once I had been in for a few months, I just started seeing some things. So when missionaries come in, I have, they give me a lot of time to do training for missionaries. So I teach them literally the basics, how to, you know, basically an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? So we, I teach them just the four food groups. They all should have learned that in school, rather than going to McDonald's and Chick-fil-A and eating, drinking milkshakes, and they end up with gut eggs and throwing up that night or whatever. Teach them how to just hydrate, basically, especially a lot of these places that they're serving it's really hot and a lot of these kids are coming from maybe the utah area where it's dry or arizona and then they come out and they're in this hot humid climate and they're like barely able to function because it's so hot and humid so really one of those things is just getting them to hydrate hydrate just teaching them basics Mm -hmm. like that um the sleep they you know a lot of missionaries love to stay up till I, i hear that all the time oh i love to stay up till midnight so they're not getting the sleep that they need so i um we were just recently talking to the um there was a couple that's over all the service missionaries in one of the areas that we know. 
And his grand, he was telling us that his grandson, he gets up um, himself up every morning in the summer. He takes a shower, puts on deodorant, brushes his teeth, maybe plays video games for an hour, does his summer reading. And then his mom gets home from work. And, he, and his grandpa said, man, if I could just get the missionaries, the service missionaries to do that. He said that's one of our hardest things is that these kids cannot wake up to an alarm on their own because their parents have been waking them up to an alarm the whole they're all their teenage years. And so you get them out in the mission and they're not getting out of bed at 630 in the morning. They're not, they're not so they're not obeying mm. the mission principles. So that's they haven't been something, trained, they haven't been trained to do that. At home. Right. Yeah. But even but even we know parents, right, hun, that were I had that all the time. I can't get my kids up for church. Oh, I can't get them up. I'm like, why mm-hmm. are you getting them up? <laughs> because they're how how old are they? They're teenagers. I mean, so we had we had a mission president. She said, Remember, these kids are six years out of primary, the ones that are coming into the mission. <laughs> and so in those six years between primary, we should be teaching our children to be able to get up on their own, to be able to be self-sufficient, to be able to go to a pharmacy and pick up a prescription, to be able to call a doctor, just call people on the phone, just basic life skills that we as adults do, but it's now missing in this generation. Right. So another area is hygiene. I have missionaries that I'm around and I, oh, man. the smell is so bad. So I have to teach them you need to take showers daily. You need to put on deodorant daily. They Missionaries, by the way, do not get dental appointments during their mission unless there's an emergency. So they don't get hygiene. They don't, they don't get their teeth cleaned every six months like we do at home. So it's really important to teach them just to brush and floss because then I end up with missionaries calling with an abscess in their tooth because they have not been brushing or flossing. So I do have to send them to a dentist, but before, if that could be all prevented if they were just brushing their teeth daily. So I have to share this funny story. I mean, this was many, many, many years ago. But when my dad was on his mission, he had a companion that just had BO, like just was so, like people he couldn't smelled, stand he? to be around him. He had lesion, like um, infections all over his body. And so anyway, they took him to the doctor and the doctor actually on a prescription pad wrote soap, go home and take a shower daily. <laughs> and anyway, and so you would think we wouldn't have to say that. Yeah. Right? Hopefully we're all teaching our children <laughs> those basic hygiene because it really, really is important, especially and, when they're out on their and own. And especially because they're representing the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They're, they have the tag. I am representing Jesus Christ. And if they're showing up in people's homes and they smell and they haven't worn, I mean, nobody wants anybody in their home that's smelly, that's haven't not done wearing, their laundry, haven't done their laundry, that aren't changing their, I mean, it comes across. And right. so that's another thing that I teach them is just basic hygiene, brushing your teeth, just so you don't smell it. And you, you can feel that around missionaries when they're not clean. And nobody wants anybody in their home that's that's like that. So please teach them that. <laughs> another area that I feel that I see a lot is just teaching them to get along. We have um, elders and sisters coming out in the mission and they cannot get along with their companions. It's their way or the highway. They haven't learned how to share in decision-making or, you know, you're a companionship. So you're not, if, even if you're the senior companion, you're not the boss. It's, it's compromising. a compromising and yeah. things like that. So if you can teach them those skills, it will just save a lot of heartache. And, and sometimes we will see them having to be emergency transferred because, Maybe the arguments have gotten too bad or, you know, they cannot work together. And so if you can just teach them, I mean, all of us, I mean, even in adulthood, we have to learn how to work with people in our callings and so forth. And so it's a really, really good skill if you can help teach your kid, your child, how to be compromised and and even if you're selfless selfless and, and learn how to love their companion, even if they're different. Yeah. Excellent advice. 
And Carrie, what about the grit factor? You know, what about this idea of moxie and toughness? I mean, what are you seeing out there with that? First, let me say, I think that podcast that you did with Natalyn Lewis was incredible. I think everybody needs to go re-listen to both of those podcasts. But She was awesome. Um, she was. She was incredible. One of the things, um, I know I've heard submission presidents' frustration is, you know, they all get P-Day on Monday. When they signed the papers for their, their pre-mission paperwork, it says they promised to, that they could, they have the ability to work 12 to 15 hour days. And that's what they are expected to do when they come on a mission. But there's sometimes cultures and missions where they take Saturdays off or I hear missionaries, oh, I had to take a mental health day today. And mm. it's really, really frustrating because then that means they're not out working. They're keeping their companion in because of their mental health day because they just can't cope. The mission president will tell me, has told me before that, one of the mission presidents has said that I've got missionaries coming to me in their interview saying, I promise I, I'll work if you just put me with somebody that works. And mm. that's that's their, like, I'll work, but you have to put me with somebody that I works. I need a worker, yeah. And he has said to me, oh, my gosh, I don't even have 50-50. I don't have one for one and one that will work hard and one that won't. Oh, I can't I can't even line so up hard. the 50-50. So we have got to teach these kids resilience. That's why they have to be mentally stable when they come into the mission, because then it turns into this heartache and this stress, extra stress on, put on the mission president. And their so, companions and, their companions and everyone else, the wards they serve. Well, and just, and just teaching that work ethic, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we want, we want our children to be hard workers before they enter the mission field mm -hmm. and have that work ethic and not, well, we're going to send them on a mission and hopefully they can develop that one day. That's... And another part helpful. of that is also the resiliency, the emotional resiliency. They've had to have done hard things. They've had to have emotional. They've mm -hmm. had to have hard things happen where you work through it in the home so that they know how to handle it when days are hard, when times are hard, when companions are hard. I think that's just as important and as the And parents can't rescue part. their kid for every problem that comes. They, they have to teach their kids how to get through these problems that they can overcome these problems without mom and dad always stepping in. Absolutely. They have to learn that grit. Absolutely. For them to function for the 12 to 15 hours every single day. So Carrie, are there, are, are there things that bishops and stake presidents can do as they're engaged in this process with the missionaries to move them through, so to speak, and get their papers sent in? What, what, what can we do I'll better? go just from the medical and mental health side is yeah. they could... Because they do have to submit all that. They have to look through that paperwork and I put it in the computer and that kind of thing. But delve into their mental health. Delve into, you know, how are you doing? Ask them about their work ethic. You know, maybe if they get a call and there's like four months between, have them learn how to do hard things, learn how to do hard skills. I mean, there's so much that they can do to prepare for the mission. But it would be really, really helpful if the mental health could be flagged beforehand. Because there are things they can do. The family services can help them to get prepared for the mission. Right. And I know that it's becoming, you know, more of an option now that our, you know, our cadre of missionaries, so to speak, they can go on service, on church service missions. Oh. I mean, that's a great option for mm -hmm. those that would be honest up, up front and say, you know what, I don't know if I can do the 12 to 15 hours mm -hmm. a day, or I don't know if I am have the mental capacity or the or the mental health you know mm -hmm. or to even the physical health away from home or whatever right and service missions are incredible the they opportunities are. that they have and the service that they can give is is really amazing it's and, what a and significant yeah yeah and I, I feel like the church is you know church members the culture of the church is getting better and accepting service missions and i think we as members of the church can do more to rally around our service missionaries because there are 
you know, I've in my years of serving as the um, mission health advisor, we have had to send missionaries home, and many of them are serving service missionary missions. And it is so fun to see them. And they thrive out there where they weren't thriving in the mission. And they have leadership responsibilities where they didn't have that in the mission. And they're just, learning skills. They're learning they're skills. All kinds of great and at the same time, they can get whatever physical or mental health resources they need to help them become better and better. So I, I just hope that we can continue um, pressing forward with you know, positive ideas about service missions and thinking it's and having parents realize it is okay if your child serves a service mission and the joy and the happiness and how much they thrive after missions. It's, it's, I cannot say enough good about service missions and service missionaries. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great option. Carrie, anything else to, to add to what we've already talked about? One of the mission president's wife, and I love this, she would get up at zone conference and say, Sisters, elders, please be the missionary that you're telling your parents that you are. Mm. And it kind of made me chuckle. And then I realized that a lot of these, because I would be on some of their emails, they would write home some of these glowing reports. And then if something were to happen, the parents were just up in arms. Why would my child be sent home? Why would, you know, and so what I, what I have found is mission presidents, I, I see a lot of negative things maybe on Facebook and other, other social media about mission presidents. What I can tell you is they truly love these missionaries with their whole heart and soul. The last thing any mission president ever wants to do is send a missionary home because they they know what the fallout could be because they love them. They really are, when they get those keys, they are really blessed with the gift of loving and the wife as well. I, It's equally in the in mission president's wife as it is in the mission president. They love these missionaries and they will do everything they can to help them, whether it's spiritually, whether it's, you know, physically, emotionally, whatever. When we sit in our meetings, there is so much love when we discuss these missionaries and it's all out of love, what we can do to help them and keep them in the mission field. Um, I, my personal experience, um, I've had many times on my, as I've been serving and talking to missionaries, well, they'll, they'll call, maybe it's like a hurt elbow or something. And the spirit will say, ask them about their mental health and, and I fight it. I'm like, they're going to think I'm dumb or something. <laughs> and after a couple of times of actually asking that question, I don't even question it anymore. And every, I promise you, every single time the Spirit has told me to ask something that was very irrelevant, irrelevant to what the, their call was about, it has been on a number of occasions, even life-saving because a missionary has been suicidal. When they call me about their elbow and they call me about a hangnail or something like that, and the spirit says, ask them about their mental health, and I do, I've had a number of occasions where, even, even if it's just a gallbladder or something, the spirit, the Lord knows every one of these missionaries individually, and we are just avenues to help care for them and help to love them and help them get the help that they need. And if it's just on my small scale as the mission nurse, imagine what it is for the mission president, because the mission presidents obviously have the keys and they have, you know, obviously they're the ones directing the work. They're the ones that have, you know, they're caring for the missionaries. And so there's a whole team of us that just love and all, all, we're, there, all we're there to do is to serve and love and to help these missionaries become the best that they can. And so I just want you to know that there, it is just out of pure love that we are there helping and serving and um, helping your children grow. And it, the best thing you can do is to help prepare them. So really they can just hit the mission field running and just even improve and become that much better of missionaries. The ones that we come, we see come to the field well-prepared. I mean, those are powerful, powerful missionaries. 
And not to say that the ones who have mental health problems aren't, but we have to work through that before they can hit the ground running. So they just get a head start. If we they come into mission healthy, physically, emotionally, socially, in, in every sort of way. So, um, yeah, it's, it really, really is a joy to be in the service and, and to be helping and working with these missionaries. I have such a testimony of missionary work, testimony of the Lord's hand in this work as well. Carrie, that's so awesome. I love, I love what you've said because it, it made me think of my own mission president and the impact that he had on me as a missionary, for sure. And, and we all knew that he loved us and his wife but also the impact that he continued to have once I was home for the next mm-hmm. 20 or 30 years. I mean, that's, to me, a, a very significant way to say I really care about you is when you stay involved when some, in someone's life that way. And then you think, wait, and he's doing that for 400 other people. It's incredible. It's so, and, I, and I also, one last shout out to the mission president's wife. I think, you know, she's more under the radar, but she is right. I've, I've all, every mission president's wife I've worked under she is right by his side and working exactly it's the same hard as, as mm-hmm. the mission president. They are amazing women. These mission presidents have to have amazing wives. And I just want to have a shout out to them because they are carrying so much of the brunt of the load as well and are just amazing women too. So I like that we call them mission leaders now and not mission presidents because I think that means it's a dual mm-hmm. role now. You know, And right. I know that sometimes when I am on the phone with a mission president, his wife is on the phone as well. I mean, Mm -hmm. she's just as involved. Yeah. And thank you, Carrie, for sharing how involved the spirit is and directing you and the whole medical team for these, these missionaries that the Lord loves so much and, you know, wants to bless and help them. And thank you for sharing that. Yeah, we love that. So LDS, let's do something. And uh, one of the thoughts on our mind today for that is, why don't we find ways to make our homes a missionary training center? Uh, at least a missionary preparation center. And there's so much more that we could probably do so that these missionaries can do, Carrie, what you talked about, entering the mission field on the run. That was something that President Kimball used to talk about, that he wanted the missionaries to enter the field on the run and not have to sit for a year and get while they're on their missions to figure it out, but to be able to just jump right in and not waste any time. And I love that you said that those powerful prepared missionaries make such a significant difference. If you know anyone who could benefit from this episode, who is preparing for a mission or preparing future children to go on a mission, please send it out. Well, everyone, thanks for being with us this week. We've really enjoyed this episode. We look forward to being with you next time. And until then, have a great week.